podcasts beget podcasts, and they only make us feel more empty inside. This is America's most vengeful podcast, The Pod People. I'm the Park Knight, Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets, and he can't keep getting away with it! (laughs) And I'm Cleveland Mosier, and you can call me Detective K-Pop. And we are super excited to be joined once again by our good friend Hannah Becker, back from a uh, episode not too long ago on The Sixth Sense. Hannah, welcome back. Hey, Hannah. Guys, it's awesome to be here. And uh, we are going to be talking about the 2010 Korean revenge thriller, I Saw the Devil, directed by Kim Ji-Woon and starring Lee Byung-hun and Choi Min-sik. And it is the story of a uh, secret agent who uh, seeks terrible vengeance on the psychopathic killer who murdered his fiancée. I really love this movie. This was my pick, and uh, I saw it for the first time in college years ago. But all of you guys, Hannah and Cleveland, this was your first time viewing. And Ben, you just saw it recently yep. for the first time, mm-hmm. right? About a month ago. So everybody is coming hot and fresh into this movie. I would love to get some initial impressions. I think it was great. I mean, it was a little more violent than I was expecting, but not. I can I can handle gore, so it didn't bother me. But I could see people who have, you know a distaste towards that kind of thing might have a problem with it. But I liked how much it changed. You know, you expect it to go one way and it doesn't. You expect it to go another way and it doesn't. And that's it really keeps you on your toes, which I enjoyed a lot about it. And I think the acting was was really great as well. I think I underestimated how much of an action movie it was. Yeah. It's borderline like John Wick-esque at times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like like Silence of the Lambs meets John Wick. I, all Korea. things I love, and I man, do I mean, I say that with love. The closest comparison I had, I, and I was uh, at first, I, I said it like once as a joke when he used the tracker device, but it just constantly afterwards, I just couldn't stop seeing parallels to Batman, <laughs> and uh, all, all the better for it. Once again, all all things I say with love. This movie, yeah, it was a delight. For yeah, me. it's like every time the detective would catch the killer. Cleveland would just go, where is he? <laughs> I had to. When the dude slams his own do- like door off the car and then he slides and he like falls back into the car to like steal him, I thought that was an awesome move. I was like, damn, he just got away with it's, that so it's great. It's something like right out of a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. yeah, there's so much, so many like really great action sequences in this movie. We'll get more into that. Uh, I, let's give a little bit more background first. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> I, there's a lot of really fun stuff to talk about in this movie but uh this was part of the uh like mid to late 2000s wave of like hyper violent korean revenge dramas in the same camp as like old boy and stuff like that i honestly don't know if they're if those movies are still as hot in korea um but i know that for Uh, a while like there were hey i mean it is the cottage industry i would say handmaiden recently yeah is in that that same vein very much so i think the genre of south korean revenge movies is still very much a thing Hannah, I know you were telling me uh, a couple days ago that you actually took a couple of classes on Korean film in college. 
I did. I did. I did. So I got a film studies minor and it focused on horror. And I actually took a couple South Korean film classes. One of them, I believe, was mostly focused on horror. We watched um, Living Death. We watched Memories of Murder. Oh, we watched great. Tale of Two that's Sisters. Great. Tale of Two Sisters is a revenge. I'm trying. I see it's hard to remember now with all of them. We watched um, Tell Me Something, I think. I don't know. I really like the South Korean horror films because I feel like it's a lot of them keep you on your toes. Like I was saying, this one did where, you know, you think it's about one thing and then it kind of shifts to a different plot point. Um, and I think that that's, you know, like an old boy, especially you have no idea what's going on or like where that is headed at any point, which, of course, we watched, too. And that's, that's like actually, the entry point, I think, for just about everybody. It was one of mine, I think, as well. Absolutely. And I just I really appreciated it because I didn't really realize South Korea had such a big film culture. And I actually went to Seoul because of it. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be over in Asia, so I'm going to stop in Seoul because I watched all these awesome movies. And, you know, we analyzed them and they were mostly based in Seoul. So I thought it would be really cool to kind of see some of the, the movie scenes and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. Was it cool over there? Oh, it was super yeah. cool. I mean, it obviously not as intense as Tokyo, but kind of the same culture sense and the fact that like everything's stocked, like stacked on top of each other, you know, and everything's like flashing lights and lots of like heavy beat drops in the streets at night when people are like selling meats on sticks and stuff it was awesome yeah uh Sounds I, lively I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this now too because like it's i i think it's uh important to note that like bong joon ho who did parasite uh last year or earlier yeah last year um he sort of came up in that same like film culture he was getting big in korea around the time that like old boy and yeah uh, well and with, like the host south korean horror and with the yeah. host you know that's a great point and south korean films are bigger than ever now yeah you know with parasite winning the oscar that was they, awesome uh, yeah, I usually disagree with the Academy Awards, but like I was super stoked to see Parasite win as many uh, uh, awards as it did because I mean, that movie shocking. was dope. I, still I don't think anyone expected that. You know, like usually the Academy does not give a lot of. Oh, no. I mean, I was way more cynical. Like, look at what won all the awards year before. It was fucking Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's a fucking turnaround from Green Book to Parasite. But even, I think, you, this is a tangent now, too, but I think uh, Parasite's definitely not, like, a horror movie, but it has, it absolutely has, like, some horror sensibilities that, like, I think show off uh, Bong Joon-ho's background a little bit. Let's talk some more about I Saw the Devil. I think that this movie and a lot of Korean revenge dramas... Uh, kind of parallel like the french new extreme wave uh in just like being unflinchingly violent and brutal like there's no like tasteful deaths off camera or like cutting away right before uh you know something horrible happens it's just like non-stop brutality and i think that this film is a really good example of that it's also like two and a half hours long what? I was going to say when I was talking about how my first impression was, I feel like it makes it feel more realistic. You know what I mean? Because there's less like dramatizing of it and, you know, like kind of bringing it to climax. It's just more like, no, he like bashed her in the head a bunch and then he dragged her out. And it just seems more like real time as if you were watching like a crime team as opposed to a horror movie that has a lot of, you know, soundtrack noise and stuff like that. The only real, like, critique I have of it, like, when it comes to the production, like, the violence is really well executed, is the, uh, a lot of the, the, the combat sequences, the martial arts stuff, like, did use a lot of heavy cuts, 
Um, so it wasn't like as, as fluid uh, as I might have liked. But I think for like what the film was, it was fine. Now, I didn't go in expecting like a martial arts film. Uh, so I wasn't looking for like top quality martial arts or anything. Um, but I, on that note, while I'm critiquing it, I also have to say like like zero out of five pods. No, not one devil. Yeah, they, the movie's where, where called the I Saw the Devil. Where's the devil? Yeah. I didn't see him. Uh, but for real, though, uh, I, I I did think this was like an exorcism movie or something when I went into it. I didn't even know it was a Korean-made film. I knew nothing about this when we watched <laughs> it and was pleasantly surprised. I had a great time. One of my favorite things about this movie is how it breaks from a lot of the typical conventions of... Uh, like serial killer movies, the introduction is a is a great example of that. Like typically, when you've got like your setup kill for a serial killer movie, you know you see the person get grabbed or disappear or something, but you don't see the aftermath of the murder until the 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 police find it, you know, and they're kind of like putting together the pieces and stuff like that. Whereas like the opening sequence in this movie, it, like like you mentioned Hannah, they really drag it out. Like we see every ounce of this poor woman suffering like as, you know, she's being murdered and it sets the tone in like a really kind of bleak way that I think the rest of the movie relies on. It's like it lets you know what it is very, very early on, and so yeah. you can you can kind of uh, brace yourself for what is to come because it doesn't really let up in that regard. If it wasn't as well done, I would have found it to be much more exploitative. Um, but it's a well executed. It was it was hard. Well, I I think it's pretty exploitative, but it's also you know this movie is very much like a roller coaster ride. Yeah, in that you're just along for the ride. I I wouldn't call this movie particularly deep. No, you know like uh, for especially for a two and a half hour movie, I almost am surprised at how little thematic depth there is <laughs> you know they they have rough themes and ideas that they're going at but it's very much pushing the narrative forward at all times and yeah going for these action set it's, pieces and it's stuff. your it's your standard like morality tale of like violence begets violence and revenge doesn't make you feel any better in the long run yeah, hence the batman comparisons yeah. But what I another thing I really like I about this really extreme, you know what I mean? Like usually people who are seeking revenge don't take it to that extreme. So they take like pretty common themes and I feel like they just run with it. Like if someone yes. was really going balls to the walls with this theme, what would they be doing? Oh, yeah, that's well, a that, great example of not having to be academic or to delve into deeper nuances and still be fucking great. And actually, like the extremes that the protagonist goes to in his revenge was going to be my next point, because we see firsthand how more innocent people die because of his unwillingness to just finish it quickly and like unlike a, a, a once again your standard serial killer film he finds the killer pretty fast within like the yeah. first 30 minutes of the movie you know usually you're gonna spend the entire time hunting him and then they have a face off at the very end you know a la silence of the lambs a la face off <laughs> a la face off <laughs> Face Off is awesome. Um, <laughs> shout out to Face Off. Shout out to John Woo. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that, that, I'll take, um, I, I apologize for that one. No, you're good. <laughs> that derailment is on me. Um, but like, yeah, he he catches up to the serial killer like very quickly and has an option to kill him then and there. But instead, 
he opts for the uh, much more agonizing path of uh, finding him, beating the shit out of him, and then letting him go. Catch and, and doing release. It, catch and release and doing it over and over and <laughs> over again. So hard. Like, he really bashes his head and then lets... I'm always like, would he get away, though? Like, would he be fine? I feel like he would be kind of fucked up, honestly. Yeah, they, well, they, they especially after, you know, his Achilles tendon is cut. Yeah. And, I, like, scenes like, later, he's not- just walking around. <laughs> Yeah, at least he hobbles uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> definitely not enough. Definitely not enough. I agree full heartedly. Like there's there's a little bit of hobbling there. Like you know we can't we can't stop this train. You know. Uh, yeah, it's it's like if they cut out the the Arkham middleman. You know, and uh, Batman just let the Joker back out onto the street. Uh, yeah, after just beating the yeah. shit out. But he of him. but he still puts a, a bat tracker on him. Yeah, I love that little uh, device. That that's how he keeps track of him. Is the first time he finds him, he force feeds him a capsule that's got like a little track device in it so with maybe great. the best microphone in the world yeah because right, he's constantly <laughs> listening to it he can hear it every, like all the conversations and they turned the gain all the way up <laughs> on that thing oh that is funny let's talk a little bit about our our characters because yes there's a lot of secondary characters but our two main characters we've got our detective uh, k-pop we've got detective k-pop who is uh maybe the most beautiful uh, handsome detective I've ever seen in any movie ever. Yeah, secret I'm not just agent. making like a generalization yeah, because he's Korean. Like the dude has the K-pop haircut. Like he's he's styling. Like oh, yeah, he, he's yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got awesome. the pretty boy thing like going for him 100. percent And I'm I'm here for it. Not not a not a raz. Well, it's, it's interesting to me because it really is like you know usually if there's a serial killer you don't see him or like see behind the scenes until like pretty far into the movie and it's really like half and half it's like what's a serial killer like where are his friends you know what is he doing and then it just kind of goes back and forth with you know I enjoyed a lot I like getting that I don't know more information I guess about what the serial killer is doing on his free time and like when he finds this shit out instead of keeping it super mysterious I thought that was pretty awesome yeah you want to get to know the Joker yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the whole podcast. I'm apologizing in advance. Just just be ready. I, I lo- also love how much time we spend with the killer in this. And I love, too, that he's not depicted as, like, hyper-intelligent and constantly in control. You know, he's not <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. He's sloppy. He's clumsy. Uh, he's uh, impulsive. He well, fe- he's got normalcies as well. You know, like, he has friends, and he goes and does, like, routine kind of stuff like a normal person. He just also does psycho stuff. Yeah, this right. is the loudness of the lambs. And, and like, he's... To see how infuriated he gets throughout the course of the movie that like somebody has bested him over and over again because he's so used to being the predator he's never felt like the prey before and how that just makes him more violent and more brutal and does get more people killed because uh, detective k-pop like enrages him so intensely and we we should mention uh, for fans of Korean cinema that the the serial killer is played by uh, uh, Choi Min Sik, who is the uh, he's yeah the protagonist in Old Boy. He's Odesu, really in, uh, in Old Boy. Oh, and he, I was like almost rooting for him the whole time just because I love him. I think he's I think he's fantastic. He's a fantastic actor, and I and he's so charismatic that I get what you mean, but also at the same time he's so despicable. I think yeah, they do. He- 
I think they do a really, really good job of like sort of making you jump back and forth between liking and or feeling bad about liking him because he's so hateable. Because I I definitely hated him in a lot of this movie. And it's weird. It's such a unique tone that it has because it is such a weird hybrid of very despicable, real-feeling scenes, and scenes of almost cartoonishness. Yes. You know, especially, like, I think at the house with his friends. His cannibal friends. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole (laughs) set piece is just... Absurd. A a Looney Tunes cartoon. (laughs) It's so over the top, but it's one of my favorites, too. It's super fun. Yeah, there's, there's almost, like, this level of surrealism to the movie in the sense that, like... In between all of his interaction or all of his like encounters with Detective K-pop, he always ends up encountering other psychos, other serial killers. Like, right. yeah, that's, yeah, almost by happenstance, you know. Like, well, he obviously has his cannibal friend who he goes to for help later. But the first time when he gets picked up by the, the guys, taxi. by the guys in the taxi who are planning, right, who are. Yeah, who are, like, out trolling around in the night for people to murder, and then <laughs> he murders them. That scene is fucking... That scene is fucking awesome, too, talking about action cinematography and how they do, like, the multiple rotating shots within the cab of the car. I feel like they must have had to be doing one of those things like they did in uh, The Raid or whatever, where they're, like, passing the camera. Reminded me of uh, Children of Men. Yeah. When they do that same thing. Uh, super impressive. Yeah. A lot of the long takes in this movie are really impressive. Yeah, it is It is important to definitely note that sequence is fucking flawless, especially when I was, like, ragging, like, the quick cuts earlier, like, uh, in some of the other fight scenes. Like, that one, oh, yeah, that, that, that camera work is incredible. Did y'all catch the, uh, the Texas Chainsaw reference in the no. Cannibal Guy's house? When they're walk- when he's walking down the hall, and at the end of the hall, the the door behind the door is a red room with like uh, animal heads and antlers and stuff hanging on it. I said I remember it going from him to the to the deer. If that's what you're talking about, there's like a deer head on the wall. I think it was a red wall. But I, yeah. I kind of missed that. I'm gonna have to watch for that. I like that. That's great. I love references to like allusions to other shit. Yeah, and like if you're if you're doing like a weird kind of like hyper stylized cannibal set piece, like what yeah, better to, what better to reference than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? I did think it was funny. My mom came to, at first. My mom was like, "I can't watch it. I can't read for this long, <laughs> you know." Right? And I was like, "Whatever." But she sat down here for a while, and she was like, "They're eating human meat," and I'm like, "Yeah, and yep. it's like just kind of super extreme." You know, he's got like a whole fridge full of like arms and legs, and it's like, okay. I thought that was goofy, but awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, he's right, though. That long pork is notoriously delicious. Mm, you know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the the fight in in there, too, when uh, Detective K-Pop gets the box of fish hooks and throws it onto the floor. He kind of <laughs> home alone. Yeah, he home alones him. Yeah, like all of these little <laughs> these little references. It's, it's like the Batman Caltrops, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Detective oh K-Pop, like, climbing up in, onto the second story and shit. Damn, I hope they were trying to make a home alone because that would be funny. <laughs> like, I, let's I hear felt home it. Home. 
I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if they're willing to put in, like, the little nods to, like, Texas Chainsaw and right. stuff. And, you know, like, a lot of Eastern Asian uh, cinema references uh, Western and American cinema and, you know, yeah. in and those kinds of ways. So. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, we're kind of on the subject of, like, the hyper-violence and brutality and stuff. I do want to get y'all's opinion on something because... My one real, like, gripe with this movie that always kind of gets, like, stuck in my craw and I can't quite shake loose is... Hey, what are you giggling at the Southernism? Yeah, that was just awesome. <laughs> stuck in craw. Stuck you in my craw. Yeah. Um, God, I really watermelon. I love it. I, I, like, I know, I know that, that it's supposed to be, like, commentary on violence and stuff, but I still, I still think that it kind of uh, uses... Uh, women as uh, tools to further the plot and yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Did you guys get yeah. that? It's yeah. like yeah. his his fiance's sister is like the most developed female character we get, and even so, she's she's kind of reduced to just like uh, you shouldn't seek revenge because it's bad, and like all of the other women in the movie are just like pray i could have done without like the school girl the school girl upskirt shots and stuff too like that would have been nice but you know that's just my i mean preference. i get i, I could have done without i get the feeling that it's supposed to like make us hate the ser- the killer more really i think yeah it's yeah. like it feels like it's intentionally supposed to skeeve me out but even, it does but, and it does it definitely does but even so, like, it doesn't feel like it quite goes far enough as commentary to excuse the fact that it's still just treating the female characters as Explo- as narrative objects yeah. and nothing else. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like it's intentional, but it doesn't make it seem any less skeevy yeah. <laughs> in the moment. I can I can kind of feel that. Like sometimes I'll watch anime too in certain an- like obviously this oh, yeah. some of the animes do right. I'm not saying that it does, so but it's riddled with it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a problem. So, yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. if that if that like bothered you guys at all cuz it definitely does me. Like it's it's not enough for me to take off like major points, but still it's like Mm, you're doing good with your messages otherwise like I, all it would take is like a couple of like actually well-written and developed like female characters yeah bothered i i wouldn't say but like i'll wag my finger at it you know a little bit yeah. but like does yeah. it do i do i feel like harmed by the film no no i think it's it's whatever so can i ask you guys a question sure can i Go spoil that it. is that okay Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, spoilers are implicit in this podcast. Right. Okay, the whole time that he was setting up to cut his head off, right, and then we learn that his family is coming up, am I the only one that thought when they opened the door they were going to, like, shoot, like, his family was going to get shot or something was going to happen as well as he gets his own head cut off? Because I thought the whole thing was, like, how he's, like, you and, you know, I'm trying to actually make you feel the pain that you made others feel, and he's, then that dude goes after his family. So my whole thought was, like, oh, he's bringing his family because he's actually trying to equalize the revenge, and I really thought, I mean, you know, and it might be, maybe it's saying, like, you know, he isn't the monster that the rapist was was the whole time but i i thought that there was going to be some sort of violent interaction with the family too not just his head cut off i 
missed the boat entirely. I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be real. Uh, and 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 with hindsight, it, it is definitely missing the boat. Like I'll I'll say it beforehand, but I totally forgot that it was a guillotine, um, and thought that like it was just like the the thing in his mouth was just like tied to his teeth, and it was gonna like pull his teeth out when they opened the door, <laughs> like a saw trap. That's that's what I thought was was gonna happen, and I was like wincing the whole time the family was coming up to the door because I thought I was gonna see like a horrible shot of like the guy losing all his teeth um <laughs> and it said it was it was something uh uh much much more palatable with his head getting chopped off thank god uh <laughs> see i i don't know it's been so long since i saw this movie for the first time that i can't remember what my initial expectation was but i think that in a way like what you're expecting still kind of happens hannah like he didn't physically harm the family but he, Watching your, your evil son get his head chopped like is is pretty yeah forcing we'll forcing you your parents and your son to watch you uh, be decapitated uh, and uh, while simultaneously having them discover that you're like a brutal serial killer like they are they are going to like the chop his son is going to be fucked up for the rest of his life like that's nah, that's nah. not something that you just yeah get well over. and they arguably have the guilt placed on them by opening the door right you know and also i i think what is what is kind of implied is that you know maybe the son will seek vengeance on him you know like not not like literally implied but considering that it's a story about like the cycle of revenge and that revenge just begets more revenge so it's a setup for i saw the devil again (laughs) yeah i I saw him again he was out there (laughs) speaking of the title uh i did want to dig into that a little bit because i think it is one of the more subtle aspects of the film uh and what it means because who is the devil right and well like the act of like witnessing a crime because we have we see these uh there are several sequences in the film where the detective like quote saves one of the victims or whatever and right, they by are, first using them as bait essentially yeah which is awful uh and and we have them like like in the background like witnessing uh the 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 fight scene or whatever take place and you i think that is sort of representative of the title and that like they're seeing these you know like this devil and who is the devil here both of them right and and that by witnessing evil, then you open yourself up to evil, kind and, of, yeah. And you open a guillotine door and yeah. see your evil son. When God <laughs> closes a door, he opens a guillotine. guillotine. <laughs> it's true. It's just like my old grandpappy used to say. <laughs> that tried and true saying. I totally get what you're saying, and I agree. And, like, it, that definitely is a form of harming them with all, like, the mental bullshit that they're going to have to go through. I just, you know, the whole movie's so, like, straightforward. You know, like, this is what's happening. He's killing this guy. Like, the theme is revenge is insatiable, and the revenge will go on. And I just, I was expecting, because it seemed so, like, obvious to me. And see, maybe I'm wrong. Like, I maybe I'm the only one that felt that way, but it just seemed really obvious to me. Like, he's killing my family. You know, he killed his sister. He killed his fiance. He tried to kill his father-in-law or whatever. And I, I just, it seems so obvious to me when he do it, I, like, he didn't do it. I felt like that was maybe showing that he isn't the devil. Like, he isn't as bad as that other dude. When up until then, I thought the whole point was like, well, whoever the devil is, right, could be either of them, depending on who's doing what action at that moment. And then I was like, eh, maybe not. I, I think know. it's. I think that he probably 
you know, had that a realization at some point that, like, even though he didn't physically kill all of these people, that he's equally as responsible for their deaths by not having stopped the killer sooner. His his father-in-law and sister-in-law, like, would have been okay. They wouldn't have been killed if he had just fucking killed the guy earlier on. And so I think that he was, by that point, he just had to finish what he started, but not... Uh, maybe cause any more physical violence. I still think it's pretty fucked up to make your, your like 12 year old son feel responsible for you. If anything, I think it might be worse. Cause it's you like know, jigsaw esque. Yeah. It's, it's fucked up and evil. Yeah. And like, I, a detective's ba- a bad person. Like, I, period. <laughs> Batman's yeah. a bad guy just in general. And anyway. I, I do, I do appreciate that. He doesn't walk away from that being like vindicated. Like as he's walking down, uh, down the street, away from that he's like weeping because like yeah well now you you've gotten your revenge but um now what now what yeah your whole your family's still dead you're probably gonna go to prison because you haven't been like the the police know what you've been doing it's like do you feel better for doing what you did i'm glad that they that they didn't try to uh to justify that well i mean that's another pretty classic theme though you know what i mean like revenge doesn't make you feel good right doesn't actually help you. Not that kind no, of revenge. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad he did too, though. I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they ended it like that. I really had no problem with it. I just, that was like my one big question. I was like, I wonder if they, what they thought about that. I also think that it was the most effective way for him to actually like punish the killer who obviously it like was not capable of feeling like remorse because like when he when he first had him captured like before his family came in you know he fakes crying and begging for his life but then he's like i don't feel pain i don't feel fear like what do you think this is gonna do i've already won and then to that be like kind of surprised me that they had him beg for his life for a little bit i was like is it like is the theme switching or is he faking it i was kind of wondering about that when it was going on i feel yeah. like he was faking it. oh i mean he definitely was <laughs> for sure but uh yeah but, i mean yeah, kudos to his acting to, he's a very to good actor like, wonder or not because yeah, yeah. In, in the moment you are kind of like wait wait he a makes it it makes it believable, but also like his his fear and desperation as he's trying to like hold the rope in his teeth to like keep his parents and son from walking in. It's like, oh yeah, well at the end he did he did get to him. He fulfilled his yep. promise. He said, when you're the most afraid and the most in pain, that's when I'll kill you. And, you know, we can, again, make the Batman comparison. Once Gotham is ashes, then I, you have my permission to die. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. No, but he is, I mean, he's a great actor, but you can tell that's that's the most... Ups, you know, like that's the time where he's like, even when he's begging, it doesn't feel that desperate. But when he's trying to keep the the rope in his mouth, you can tell for you know that's the first time I feel like you really see that out of that he's afraid. Like, yeah, because yep. the rest of the movie, the most emotion we get from him is rage. He's mad. <laughs> Right, like annoyed, like ugh, like really frustrated. It's like, God damn it, why do you keep fucking doing this? I'm just trying to rape and murder. Why won't you let me do it? Yep. Well, and he's always calling other people like crazy bastards. He's like this crazy motherfucker. And it's like, okay. 
I yeah, love I love that. Well, like when Detective K-pop lets him go for the first time, and he like gives him the envelope that's full of money, and he's just yeah. like, he's like, this motherfucker is crazy. He's a psycho. <laughs> he used the word psycho, and yeah. it's like, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. I love that. I thought it's so good. Say, I feel like yeah. it's another thing that gives like normalcy to the like the serial killing rapist. You know what I mean? He because like those things are kind of crazy. Like yeah, he is acting like a psycho, and he calls it out even though he is also a psycho yeah Yeah, also i think that a lot of times like psychopaths don't think their own behavior is aberrant i don't oh yeah they they turn the mirror around right it's like it's like they reflect everything that way like yeah i was i was about to uh rape and murder this schoolgirl in a greenhouse but now this motherfucker came along beat me up and then gave me money what a fucking psycho (laughs) you know Yep. But it's like, it's true. Like, Detective K pop is absolutely acting like a psycho for the entire movie. Well, in, in, like in, a, in a way, it's, I mean, not that it's more psycho, <laughs> more surprising. You know what I mean? Like, you expect a serial killer to do serial killer things. You don't expect someone to almost murder someone, but then let him go and give him a bunch of money. You know what right. I mean? So it's like more psycho in the surprising aspect yeah and how like single-minded he is like when they have the fight in the doctor's office and the killer has the the scalpel and he's swinging at him and detective k-pop just like grabs the blade and like holds it and and you see like the killer's face he's like what the fuck (laughs) he's just like (laughs) he just wants to feel something anything again yeah right like his his rage is all consuming like he doesn't even feel pain it's like he does not break down until the very end until it's over where like the weight of all that he's done and everything that he's experienced like comes crashing down and i think that that's like the indication that he's like not a psycho because like he's done horrible things he's done monstrous things but he feels it you know he feels remorse he doesn't feel better you know he's like i went through all this psycho psycho shit like to feel better and to exact that revenge and he just doesn't feel better he probably feels 10 times worse yep and he's like shit that didn't work fuck now what do i do (laughs) more of it keep murdering psycho and then he just becomes actual batman Batman. yeah yeah we witnessed an origin story that's right (laughs) he goes to america and becomes bruce wayne awesome i'm here for it let's do it there are some lost years in there in his 30s before you know because we don't we know him as a child yeah right (laughs) i mean here's here's the thing though right like it honestly is like a perfect batman origin story because what does he do to the cannibal he gives him a permanent goddamn smile and he lives yeah oh that's right right. so like a sequel would just be fucking batman with the the him you know like trying to hunt down the permanent smile guy like come the fuck on y'all you want to know how i got these scars like wake up sheeple it's batman Okay, honestly, when you first started saying that, I was like, yeah, whatever. But there are a lot of parallels to right. Batman. <laughs> he gives him a permanent smile. Like, what the fuck? It's Batman. No, I don't think anyone could. I mean, anyone that's seen those movies, I do not think they could watch this and not think of the Joker at that point. I yeah. don't think there is a way. To, that's I, I, way, I it's way too embedded in, cultural, in culture at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I and I loved it, and I wouldn't change it for a thing. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed the 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 people eating friend. 
Um, he was probably my favorite secondary character. Oh, so charismatic. <laughs> like, yeah. Such a goofy, round boy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Zoom in on his face and he's just laughing. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, he was good. Another, like, doofus serial killer, you know? <laughs> I love that. Like, none of the psychopaths in this movie are ever portrayed as like cool and collected and in control like they're all fucking losers you know <laughs> which i think is so true to life <laughs> that's honestly a good point yeah, yeah i love you, the the cannibal friend. I, just, I i thought the meat eating thing was funny it was just so it was you know because it was you know it's not even like they cooked it it was like a plate full of meat and i like my mom when my mom said she's like oh look at this human meat i'm like it's just so over the top like they're all eating a plate full of human meat i just i for some reason i think that was hilarious yeah it's great well because i mean he's the only one eating it too like the other killers like sitting there eating He's eating like a bowl of rice, rice. or whatever, and uh, the the cannibal dude's girlfriend is just like sitting there watching him eat meat. And I love as soon as he finishes, he's like, "All right, I gotta go prep my next meal." It's like he just <laughs> finished eating. He's just got like this single-minded obsession on like eating people, which is just so like ridiculous and over the top. It's great. I wasn't sure about the girl. I was wondering, you know what I mean? Like for the first couple scenes she was in, I was wondering if she was like captive or if she was part of it or what her role really was. Nothing. Yeah. See, once again, another underwritten, <laughs> another, another underwritten female character. Like they couldn't even make her like a cool uh, serial killer or something. She's literally just cannibal guy's girlfriend. Yeah. Which, does she even have a line? I don't, I don't think know. she has any. She's yeah. silent the, the whole film. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think part of it was to play into that idea of like uh, normalizing these serial killers. Yeah. Um, and just being like, yeah, no, like he can totally just land a date, like still have a girlfriend you know and take it easy like while just like murdering and eating people like and then she's cool with it yeah just totally chill with it like i i think that that's really fun i would have liked to have seen like her have some kind of like weird serial killery thing too it it would have been it would have been nice once again like just to have like any like female character in the movie with like depth would have been would have been cool you know some kind of substance Yeah. yeah I mean, you guys are right. There really was no one. Like, nope. even the sister, like, there was nothing to her. No, she was <laughs> she was sister in the script. Yeah, sister. That, that was her sister role. Sister who... Sister thinks murder bad. <laughs> yeah. Sister who offers a, a moral compass, like, once. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Not uncommon. And war, not uncommon, and uh, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's hardly genre. it's hardly anything new, but yeah. I think it does. Still, it's all the boys' club. I think it does still bear pointing out uh, when mm-hmm. when it's done. Definitely, we're spoiled coming off a relic. Also. Yeah, that's an all female mm-hmm. uh, cast, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie definitely passes the Bechdel test. This Ooh, one does insane. not. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, clearly is a sign of a bad film, so now we have to Oh, yeah, I mean, well, the Bechdel right. test is clearly the only indicator of quality. Yep. If a movie passes it, it's good. If it doesn't, it's bad. You know, True facts. It's as, it's as simple as that. We don't need to investigate. I'm finally an easy system. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, that makes it... Good it, it make, yeah, it's all, it's all black and white, no shades of gray, you know, um, makes it really easy to determine uh, what is good and what is problematic, and that's why I'm really glad we have it. Uh, do you guys have any other major points you want to talk about? I think I've gotten pretty much most of mine. Yeah, I don't really have a ton to say about this movie. It's weird because it's two and a half hours long, but 
It's I, very simple. It, it's very simple and straightforward. And it does what it does really well. But yeah. it's like once you've once you've talked about it, you've kind of talked about it. Like there's not a whole lot below the surface. Good movie, good. Yeah. You know? yeah. Fight scene, cool. It's what, brutal. You yes. Know? Uh, the, 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 the effects, the practical effects are pretty good. Cinematography is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, action choreography. Uh, I know you mentioned that it's not like the kind of martial arts you were hoping for, but no, I no, no. It's... I wasn't hope. I wasn't looking for it to begin with. Just during those scenes, it's yeah. like it's like you know. I just I'm used to that, and I I tend to critique like martial. I love martial arts films, and uh, I think it grounds it enough or more. You know, it makes it a little bit more realistic. Like some of the fight scenes are still like stylized and exaggerated a bit, but it's it's not it's not john wick at like john wick is no. you know but it, that would have been welcome as well uh but no, not, sure. and i wasn't looking for it uh, but not either, everybody but in asia I'm knows just, martial arts cleveland well no no and uh like uh i wasn't expecting even like quality like skills out of them for that reason like for the purposes of realism like i i wouldn't expect this like average joe serial killer to to be like like tony jaw or something but like <laughs> uh i do I, I, more from like a camera work perspective yeah. like having to not quick do all the quick cuts so that i can see a little bit more this movie was still close mean. enough to the the age of like the the quick cut born action movies yep. shaky cam stuff uh i think that that it is uh, consistent with the style of the times i agree mm-hmm. with you i think for action like longer steadier takes are generally better so you can actually appreciate the choreography one thing John Wick does very well, True. but, um, you know, like, yeah, this, this came out in 2010. So, you know, we're still in, in that era of, you know, handheld over the shoulder, uh, action sequences and stuff like that. And they all look great. It, it, it really, if anything too, it's a personal nitpick and like, you can, you can make an argument for like the quick cuts adding to like the, the rapid tension. It makes it more kinetic. <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So like they're. Yeah, I'll allow it. Like, it's not. I don't even see it as like a like a an actual critique on the film and more of a personal preference, really. Like, okay, I'm gonna pose a question to you guys. So, you guys have all seen Old Boy. I have not. Cleveland has. Oh, Cleveland I have has not. not. Well, Hannah and Tease. I know. I'll, I'll I know the spoiler ending. You guys and Cleveland, you can uh, do your thing for a little while. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? What thing? I don't know. Uh, Sit quietly, bitch. Yes. Uh, Damn. Wait, is, are you are you about to say spoiler? No, thing? no, no. I'm gonna say Old Boy is a very similar revenge movie, but it's also extremely convoluted yes. at times. Yeah, uh, through most of it, honestly. Where this movie is a r- similar revenge movie, but it's extremely simple and Wait, straightforward. Do you think either method of narrative is more successful? Or more effective That's, in telling I, a revenge story. I feel like I need to sit on that because, like, for just a second, because I feel like I saw the devil would work a lot better for. It's a lot more palatable for most people. Like, it is a lot more straightforward. So I feel like people who struggle with like this genre or stories that are convoluted, I feel like I saw the devil would work for a wider audience. But I do feel like at the end of Old Boy, I was a lot more like like shocked like just shocked at what i watched and it's you know i feel like it stayed with me for a lot longer in that sense um but so i think it really does depend on the viewer it's kind of like uh the sixth sense when we talked about that like if you can get the twist ending without it being spoiled 
then That's a good yeah. like I think it's it's extremely impactful if you don't see it coming. It carries a little bit less weight once you know the twist, I think. Well, that's Bummer. the thing. Like, God I damn think, it. I think, it's still a good movie. It's still a good movie. You'll still enjoy I, I, it. I really want to watch it. It's a shame I do know the twist. Well, and I saw it when I, I must have been like eight, no, maybe like 20 when I saw it. I don't, I don't know. But I had no idea about that movie. I had never heard about that movie before. I was just getting into my film studies classes. Um, so I had no idea. Like, I had no idea what the movie was about. I had never heard of it before. And I just remember it ending and being like, what the fuck was that? Like, that was fucking, that was a wild ride. So I, I guess I didn't think about it that a lot of people probably do have that movie spoiled for them at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, I think, I think both approaches are effective in their own way. Um, you know, I saw the devil with its simplicity. It's almost more guttural and there's a connection, yeah. you know, in how relatable and easy to understand everything is. While on the other side, one of the things I think works to old boys benefit is with a convoluted storyline, you have more opportunities for aha moments. Yeah. And with revenge movies and thrillers in general, those aha moments are so satisfying for the viewer. I think the driving tension of the fil- of both movies is very different. I saw the devil is really driven by how like visceral it is. And it's just, like, anger and brutality, and it just carries that from the beginning to the end. Whereas, like, the driving tension of Old Boy is, like, the mystery. There's no mystery in I Saw the Devil. We know who killed her right away. He catches him right away. It's but, There's no Shyamalan twist. Right. Old Boy is, is all about the intrigue. Like, he wants revenge, but... It's trying to it's trying to figure out who wronged him. He his revenge is like directionless. He doesn't know who to direct it at, you know, other than like this nebulous idea of this person who did this elaborate, cruel thing to him. So, you know, I think that, yeah, some of that is probably lost with uh, with knowing the twist. But uh, I think they're I think they're both equally valid, and it's been a long time since I've seen Old Boy. I honestly, at this point, don't know which one I think is better. I think I would lean towards I Saw the Devil, but Old Boy is great, and uh, I do think that uh, in terms of like action choreography and uh, camera work, Old Boy's way better. <laughs> I would have to say I, I think I I would go with Old Boy. I really like them both, and I don't mean that as a slight towards I saw the devil at all, but I think I would have to go with Old Boy. I I'm think due, I would agree. I'm actually. due for a rewatch of Old Boy. It's hard for me to say. I could watch Old Boy and and totally turn around on that, but uh, I think I saw the devil is just fresh. Well, since you're our guest, why don't you uh, give us your rating first? What would you rate? I saw the devil. All right, so. We're out of five, correct? Yes. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with a four. I would give it a 4.25 if I could, but I feel like a 4.5 is just a smidge too high I to give it. That. I yeah. really like it. I really like it. I think the acting's great. I think the, like, the realism behind it is great. I love how much uh, information we get about the serial killer as well as the, you know, our Batman, Dr. <laughs> Cape. Detective K-pop, sorry. Doctor K-pop is good too. That's a great <laughs> Batman villain. He's not a doctor, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go for. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I gotta go for. All right, Ben. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go four and a half. You know, I I prefer 
convoluted storylines in my revenge movies. Uh, <laughs> but this movie is like a roller coaster ride, like I said before. You just buckle in and you're all along for the ride, and it is a fun and entertaining ride. And I love some of those set pieces, especially the house. The house yeah. is my favorite scene in the movie by far. Uh, I'm going to ditto Hannah. Uh, I think that so close to a 4.5 for me, I uh, and almost even a 5. But yeah, I would have liked to see a little bit more out of the ladies, and uh, that the action sequences could have been a little bit... Uh, uh, a little bit smoother. I like I like them smooth. Um, uh, I like my fight scenes smooth, and and that's that. Four point four. No, not four point four. Sorry, just four. Just four. Just just <laughs> four. I also had the giggles because I know what the sponsor is this week. All right, you're um, on teas. Yeah. Um. I uh. I really love this movie. I do have problems with uh the way it treats its female characters, and I gotta knock a little bit off. For that but otherwise i don't really have any gripes with this movie i think the acting is fantastic i think the characters are uh great uh the action is incredible uh and um yeah i'm gonna give it a 4.5 which means that our average appropriately enough hannah is 4.25 yeah. hey. <laughs> 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 so uh yeah if you uh even if you've never seen korean revenge dramas i saw the devil is a good place to start if you can stomach it i think you yeah. can stomach just about anything yeah much like relic being a good gateway for um like like heady horror i think uh like this Spoiler, is a great gateway Cleveland. for uh, well, me, me, me. that's our episode next week well then edit me out fam no i won't oh cool all right i'm good for it but anyway, yeah, much much like that, I think this is a nice gateway for, like, revenge films. Well, uh, as Cleveland spoiled, uh, next week, our, uh, we recorded this episode <laughs> already, um, uh, is uh, for the new 2020 uh, film Relic uh, out of Australia. Um, so uh, I won't say anything else. Stay tuned for that. We have a special guest that I will also keep secret until then. Um, it's great guest. Yeah, no, it was it was a really fun episode to record, and I'm excited for people to hear it. So, uh, yeah, definitely come back next week yeah. for that. Yeah, Ted was a great secret guest. Oh, <laughs> Cleveland, who's our sponsor this week? Uh, this week was <laughs> this week this <laughs> this week was brought to you by Prince Albert in a can. <laughs> Better let him out or eat him because <laughs> he's in a can. Yeah. <laughs> you were so proud of that one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, womp, 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 womp. I still think it's funny. Fuck all of you. Because they eat people, and it's like Prince Albert and a can, but it's it's like Prince Albert was. It, I thought it was. You know, like packaged in a can for some reason i thought it was like a like a prince albert piercing reference and i get my brain got caught on that and i couldn't figure out why you were making a reference to uh penis piercings nope um so i guess that really shows where my head is at uh, um <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing if that doesn't turn you off from if that doesn't I, I heard that phrase in so long and that we're like regardless <laughs> I forgot about that yeah right I don't know that's what I thought of when Cleveland did his sponsor nope um, 
No, that's that's fortunately not where my head is at. Well, my head is in cannibalism. If this messy finish hasn't turned you off from this podcast, then uh, <laughs> then uh, maybe share an episode with uh, your friends and family and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You know, fucking hell, <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Uh, it's like Dick in a Box, Prince Albert in a Can. Oh my god. You're so right, though, but fuck. Thank why, why you. did you have to do that to me? Thank you. <laughs> um, you, can, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod at, or at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod for a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DeepStateOzzy. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studio as we further progress on its stairs back and if you like messy endings uh you can also check out my work on art station <laughs> oh um, i didn't know you were trying those kind of <laughs> you never know uh, <laughs> commissions are open <laughs> always what has become of my podcast <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, I do lots of spooky art, and uh, I don't think I have anything like that on my art station. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. Um, uh, mostly just, like, cool-looking, scary knights and other Dark Souls-esque-looking things with a little extra neon in there. That's my stuff. But commissions are open. Commissions are open. Uh, commissions and are open. Uh, I will sell out for the right fee, so uh, feel he'll free. Draw, he'll draw those messy endings. I <laughs> For a very high price. Uh, I'm not saying no, but... Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's me. Hannah, how about you? Yeah, Hannah, do you have anything that you'd like I'm to sorry. plug? No, I you guys don't everyone. me on social media, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Hannah, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, as always. I'm glad we had you back uh, so soon, and uh, come back whenever. We're always down to have you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, come back next week, I guess. Uh, it's a much more serious and less gross conversation. I promise. <laughs> Bye. Later. Later.